Well, hello there, fellow travelers. Thank you for joining me again. This is episode 25 of the Unbroken Ground. My name is Paul, and uh, thank you for uh, hopefully uh, listening to lots of my podcasts, or if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, continue to talk about um, just what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, this week, the title of the podcast is Who's the Boss? And uh, I want to think about um, and maybe ramble about, I just, I'm thinking out loud a little bit here, maybe more so than I have in the past on some things where I had definitely had a, an end in mind. Um, but for this one, I definitely want to consider what, um, what it means to have unity um, and the ways that we accomplish that. Uh, and looking at a couple of different ideas, um, authority, um, Jesus's leadership, uh, and, and the church, uh, the early church specifically and and then also some of the things that i've seen and experienced in in the church of the modern day um so yeah that's the idea um if you have any uh things to add uh any any questions as always you can find me on facebook forward slash the unbroken ground uh email the unbroken ground at gmail.com or um you can find me instagram underscore uh, is the unbroken the underscore unbroken ground underscore something something like that look up the unbroken ground you find me uh on instagram uh so thank you for listening and uh hope that you enjoy and and again if you if you have thoughts to add uh facebook page um or email great um places to do that uh and let's jump in So some of you know this, some of you don't. Uh, I am a ordained Baptist minister. Uh, grew up in Texas, and so was always a member of uh, Southern Baptist churches. Went to a seminary that was duly aligned with the Baptist General Convention of Texas, which is now called Texas Baptist and the Southern Baptist Convention. And um, can't help but um, think about the, the the things that are going on through the uh, the conventions through the Southern Baptist Convention and um, it's not necessarily new things or any even things that I have not experienced in my lifetime uh, when I was uh, so so many of the things that have happened that I just didn't pay any attention to it wasn't uh, a major part um, I, I mean to be honest uh, you could be a member of a Baptist church and really not engage in any of the the major battles that they've had over the years. You could you could have been a member of a Baptist church and and just been part of your community and um, your con- contribution to the Southern Baptist Convention is simply that we we give. Uh, that's one of the ways that we do missions, and so you know Baptist churches are. Um, very uh, uh, efficient in that, and that they pool their money together, and then and then send missionaries out as one big mission sending organization. And so that's what the the Southern Baptist Convention really does well. Um, I mean, they have things that break off of the SBC, obviously the International Mission Board, and and the uh, National North American Mission Board, which are the uh, mission sending organizations that. Um, a lot of the smaller towns and churches can use uh, that that they probably wouldn't be able to do if they um, didn't didn't partner with the SBC. And so there's a lot of things that they 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 do um, that that 
make it great um, in a way, in a lot of ways. Um, but then there are also just the struggles um, that that exist, and and some of that I think um, just lives in the idea of like where authority is found and who has authority. And and for um, the Baptist faith, this is always where it's been a little bit strange to me or, or unique, um, and uh, how things work is that um, the priesthood of all believers is that that every believer has their their connection with God. They they are their figure. There's no one that needs to go in between them. They can um, read uh, the scriptures, and they don't have to have anybody uh, uh, explain it to them. They don't have to have anybody interpret it for them. They all have that ability of um, of being able to. Uh, to do that for themselves. And, and so then following that model, uh, every church is in of itself a unique and autonomous organization. And so being part of the, the Southern Baptist Convention is actually a very bottom-up kind of organization structure. It has been. Um, and of course now with um, the recent um, conservative uh, fundamental takeover if if you even want to call it that um, it's probably glossing over way too much but it has started to disenfranchise places uh, churches um, for example you know the biggest one being of course Rick Warren's church in California uh, Saddleback uh, of course he's not the pastor there anymore but because of, of having a, a woman pastor um, and also uh, it, it, uh, the cynical part of me uh, thinks that uh, one of the reasons that disenfranchising has become more of a possibility is because uh, of dealing with the uh, misbehaviors of pastors, um, sexual or otherwise, um, and, and the history of um, sweeping under the rug, not necessarily protecting, but, but sometimes protecting, but sweeping under the rug, the, the, uh, the misbehaviors of, of past SBC pastors and staff. And, um, and so having that ability to say, well, you, if you have this pastor who has been accused of these things or, or even who's been convicted of these things, um, we don't think you can, you can belong to us. But the cynical side of me says that, as it has always been, if you look into um, why the SBC has done what they've done in, on, along those realms, is that they've done the most just to protect themselves and so to avoid any to avoid any liability in a way because they would say they don't have authority to make to hold any pastor accountable. Um, they are disenfranchising churches to say that, well, you can't be part of the SBC. Um, and then others um, have seized upon that and, uh, who, and have wanted for some time to be like, well, we don't agree with, um, for example, having women ministers. And so they too should be disenfranchised from us. Obviously, those are at... Um, different realms and different reasons. Um, and so those are not equal things, but I do think that some people have taken advantage of that and, and, um, unfortunately taken some tragedy and, and turned it into, uh, their own crusades of what they've wanted to do, uh, for some time. So, um, so it just brings up to me, to my mind, um, the idea of authority 
And I think that um, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling through this too because of um, some dynamics of um, just uh, that always exist um, in churches, in places, uh, places I've worked, places I work, um, where there is um, a, a central structure of authority, but um, they don't, uh, but then there's also people who have responsibility, but not, but maybe not direct authority. Um, so, uh, for example, um, I mean, if you just think about the idea of like a church staff, uh, the pastor has some authority, but um, I, in most cases, um, depending on your tradition and where you're at, uh, you know, the Baptist, which is congregational, the pastor has as much authority as any other member because everybody gets their own vote. And uh, the, although there are some things that the, the congregation uh, cedes, I guess, in a little bit of authority to the pastor, but but in other things, you have like elder-led authority. And so uh, the pastor is one of of many elders. Um, and so, um, the, the idea of how do you, um, basically how do you bring, bring about unity that, um, is not author, author, um, well, I can't say that, that is just not, um, just, uh, being a, uh, like a dictator. Um, how do you bring about unity? unity um in ways that is just not saying like well i'm the person in charge so you're just going to do what i say uh, authority based um and uh in in uh, how how does that work in in churches and in places we work um and and what is what does jesus say about that and what do the what do the what do the church do um to do that and so i think the first thing is just to to I guess understand or, or try to um, parse out the idea of what it what we're looking for, and I think the idea uh, of unity is this idea that we are are moving together with a common cause or a common purpose, and that we we want to accomplish the same things. Uh, and so, a church has a common goal, a common purpose. A, a business has a common goal, a common purpose, and we all want to achieve the same things. And and each one of us has a different role, a different thing, a place where we fit in that. And then we even have some different ideas about how to do that, or even different skills on how we accomplish that. Like we don't like we with unity we're not just we're just not trying to create uniformity um, because that gets into a very cult-like uh, atmosphere it's like well if you want to be unified then everybody has to look uniform everybody wears the same clothes everybody um, has the, uh, the 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 same ideas and everybody has the same like everything is done um, based upon a lot of times by whatever the charismatic leader says and so um, uh, so uniformity is a is an offshoot of unity but it is not the only type of unity nor i would say is it the the unity that that jesus shows um you know jesus prays that we would have as believers we would have harmony and that we would um have unity uh, in the same way that jesus and god are one in the same way that jesus god and the holy spirit are one three you unified 
but separate. Um, and so they're not uniform. So, so, so if, even if you just look like the, at the Trinity, um, they are unified in purpose, but they are separate in personhood uh, and also in the way that they interact and the, the responsibilities that they have um, in the world. Um, and so, which is a little hard to understand because the Trinity is hard to understand. So that's, that's not... Um, don't get lost too much in that, but the idea that there is unity there, but there's not uniformity in the sense that they are distinct. Um, and so sometimes when we think about unity, um, we begin to think like, well, everybody um, has to look, think, and be the same. And so what happens when you try to create unity with uniformity is that you create rules. Um, spoken or unspoken. And so like, I think we have to, to address like a deep um, to be a mature take on this is that we have to understand that there are both the expressed written rules of the world and as they exist of the church and then there's also the unwritten rules the, the culture that that develops um, based on the things that the leaders um, and the people are, are allowed to do and say um, the things that are, are celebrated those are the things that help create this culture this this uh, underlying understanding of how um, you can fit into uh, the the very fabric of the organization uh, where you fit out and work and so you begin to there's these rules that you develop and it's like well everybody follow the rules and then the processes and then, and then you get into the old uh, habit of um, you know uh, this is the way that we've always done it um, this is the way that 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 we have to do it because we've always done it this way and and so a lot of that then the, the authority then um, begins to fall into the uh, the realm of the rule makers whoever makes the rules has the authority and a lot of times the community itself will self-police the uniformity um, in such a way that if anybody doesn't fit in then they, even though they could be unified because they, they could have unity of purpose and, and spirit and they could all be headed towards the same goal uh, because they don't, they don't uniformly fit in, then they can be kicked out. Um, and so I think that um, that's what I think you see like with like the SBC. So um, this idea that if you have a... a, 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 a a woman who's a pastor uh, and there's a wording there that they've got to figure out and I don't know the wording I haven't followed it that close um, you know can can a woman be a, a children's pastor do they have to be a children's minister do they have to be a director of minute uh, children's director uh, you know all those things and so so but there are people who the authority then rests with those who make the rules uh, those who make like this is this is what in, this is what is in and this is what is out and where we get into danger is when we begin to ascribe um, a spiritual authority that is that is unquestioned uh, to someone such as uh, a pastor or a leader or someone like the president of the SBC um, or or a committee. Um, when we when we begin to say, well, they are um, there are there are spiritual leaders, so they get to make the rules. Um, and and um, and again, that becomes very cult-like-ish uh, in the idea of 
you you're in because you're willing to agree to um, what the leader says. Uh, and I th- and I don't think that there's anybody. I, I would actually argue that there are um, many ministers and even ministers that uh, that sit on the executive committee of the the SBC that they would not want that, and they they don't view that like they would say, oh, well, this is not not what we're doing. Um, so they would make that argument. But I just but I think that you have to at least address that like at an extreme, like unity is unity comes um, can come from uniformity and from the culture of saying well here's our authority our spiritual authority um, and and some even like churches would even say well, I, well our Bible is the spiritual authority but really what they're saying is is how we interpret it um, and how we agree that it's interpreted is is our spiritual authority and it's uniform and it's different than other religions um, not just religion sorry but denominations other uh, people who are have uh, Christianity um, and it's it's different and so they would say yeah it exists because of these rules and the, and, and how we follow these rules and, and if this is what we believe about the Bible this is what we believe the Bible says and so um, in in some ways you have denominations that have worked harder to define the in and out if you're in, then you believe this. Uh, if you're out, then you believe this. And, and so you see um, some, some even some moving and uh, you see some changing in things like the, the Methodist uh, denomination where they are, they, they had to, uh, they, they broke off into two different camps because they are no longer united. Um, that's a really bad joke, um, but <laughs> but they have uh, some churches that believe one way about certain certain things, and and again, I haven't looked into the whole issues, but um, but yeah, the 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 idea of like authority um, and unity um, is is something that's super interesting to me um, because I think that like if you look at Jesus and his disciples, he did not have uniformity. Um, he had disciples that came from all different types of life. He had fishermen, he had tax collectors, he had zealots, he had, um, uh, he had devout, uh, practicing Jews. He had, um, probably some, some people who hadn't been to the temple in a while. He had, he, he, um, he had women who followed him. He had, um, uh, just, a long list of different things that did not create conformity within those who followed him. You, he didn't have uniformity, but he did. He did have unity of purpose. Um, but even even that, we could say that like um, he had Judas, who in the end um, was not willing to stay with the like the unity and broke off um, for for his many reasons that he did that. But, but how did Jesus create unity? Um, and, and I think it, it goes back to basically just the fact that he said, here, here is uh, two things that he said. One was this. He said, if you want to come after me, uh, then you're going to love your brothers. If you want to follow me, then you'll you'll follow me by demonstrating that by 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 your love by by who you love and how you love, and um, he said you know let me the easiest way to determine to, to explain the law is to say that um, 
love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love others as yourself. Um, and and the fact that he he made that the the kind of like if you want to be in, if you want to be a part, this is what you do. You love God with all you have, and you love others as yourself. And um, and I think when that became the 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 test. Um, that became the litmus test to whether you were going to follow Jesus or not. Um, it really got to the some some very concrete, hard things that mattered, part like like issues of the heart. And because because that happened, um, some people were not willing to to hang around. Um, there were those who just weren't with it. But then there were other people. Um, there's, a, there's a story where, where the disciples said, Jesus, this guy's uh, casting out demons in your name, and he's not one of us. And Jesus says, hey, if he's he's for us, then he's not against us. He is like, like, don't, uh, don't, don't call him out. <laughs> don't make like he, you know, you're trying to create uniformity. He doesn't, he doesn't follow like you guys do, but still he's not against us. He's with us. He's for us. Um, and, and that's just such a strange thing uh, because Jesus definitely has um, a, a, another moment uh, where, where he's teaching and he begins to teach about these people who, um, who do these great things in his name. But he says, away from me, you never knew me. Uh, and this is, of course, the parable about the sheep and the goats. And the goats say, but Jesus, we, 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 we did great miracles in your name. And we built great buildings and we raised all the money and we, we served all the poor and we did all these things. And Jesus says, I never knew you. And, and the sheep go, well, when did we see you? When did we see you, Jesus? When did we serve you? And he was like, when, you, when you've done things on the least of these. And, and so I think you, you have to at least consider the fact that the idea is that you can create a culture that that recreates the things um, that that mimics the things that Jesus knew that his followers would do, but you could do with it without ever including Jesus in it. And and to me that 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 brings great pause because I I don't ever want to find myself in that place. Um, to where I could say, well, we've got it figured out. Um, and instead of asking and allowing Jesus to guide, we say, well, we're going to do what, what we know we should do. But let us not be that way. I mean, um, I think that at times we just need to come before Jesus and just say, God, I don't know. I don't understand. And, um, there is just a whole lot of ego and pride that gets that gets mixed up into leadership when we are thinking about um, our uh, influence and um, whether or not we can change and affect the behaviors of those people who are around us and uh, those people who if you're the pastor the 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 church that serves under you uh the that 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 you serve that you that that they have elevated you to this place of authority or if you're at work and you have employees and and you need them to follow uh certain guidelines and rules um in uh, and where that authority comes from and how do we express that authority and in so we just um, 
So we have to look for those ways. We want uniformity because we want to be able to um, do things what we believe is the right way. And, and I think that is one of the things that is hardest about um, dealing with things like church conflicts is that I think most people in the church um, and those who have conflict um, believe that they are doing the right thing. The, the people who get angry about um, what color the paint is or the carpet is uh, do so out of a, um, I believe, a, a, a direct um, responsibility they feel that they have to the church and to the, the history of the church and to the, uh, to the culture of the church. And, and they are following um, Jesus as, as they know how. Um, it doesn't matter that they're dead wrong or they could be dead wrong. Um, and I think that actually uh, doesn't matter to them. Um, and I think that actually is where I, I, I get come back to the idea of like the goats and the sheep is that um, we have to at least keep in mind um, that we could be wrong, that we totally missed it, especially as leaders, especially as um, when we make assumptions, when we, when we make judgment calls, um, we have to be willing to be humble enough to realize that, that sometimes we, we made the wrong decision, um, that, that we, we went off the, the basis of the facts, our, our understanding, our beliefs, our, what we thought we knew, um, and sometimes we're just wrong. Um, sometimes that we, um, that, that we did our best, we prayed, we sought God's face, um, and yet we, yet we miss the mark. Uh, and when leaders get into the place where they, um, they can't admit that, where they are unable to um, admit that they are, uh, have frailty, that they are not always right, that they, they have moments where they're, they're um, lost, uh, that they have to depend upon God just like we do, um, a lot of leaders shy away from that because their authority is that they are the ones who know more, who who, knew, who are closer to God, who um, understand more about God's word or understand more about his will or understand or have a vision. Um, and, and so they, uh, just like many leaders, politicians especially, they shy away from being apologetic or being or being truthful and honest because they worry about how it will affect their leadership. And so they, they hide their mistakes. They, they cover up their um, shortcomings. They um, use anger and defensiveness whenever they are approached um, or whenever their ideas are questioned. Or whenever somebody says, "I well, I have questions. I don't know if I want to want to go in this direction," and so then they were like, "Well, you're just disloyal to me. You you don't you're not part of it," and and I think it's just so hard because um, the the fact of the matter is that um, for sure uh, maybe they they you do have that vision as a leader. Maybe you do need to follow through, and people um, holding on to the brake sometimes are wrong too. Um, some people are, are, um, hesitant and, and they, they stand as a, uh, obstacle in what God wants to do. Um, 
And so you, how do you how do you determine that? And so how do you find those ways, again, of finding unity? Because unity is that we are all going to gather together um, for this common purpose. And like this authoritarian power is is a way that a lot of people do that. Like you will listen to me because there are consequences. And those consequences a lot of times in the, the aspect of the community of the church is that I will drive you out. You won't be a part of us anymore. I will, I will call you out for who you are. Um, I will call I will call you out for your lack of faith. I'll call you out for your lack of trust, of your lack of, of getting along with what the church says that they're gonna do. And and it causes these human conflicts uh, because um, we feel like we have to have unity and, and if you're and if it's authority based, then any threat to your authority, anybody who says, Hey, hold on a second, I have some questions, uh, becomes a liability. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus doesn't set up a human kingdom. Uh, the people wanted to. Uh, it says in, in Scripture that they even were searching for him because they wanted to make him king. And, and um, they couldn't find him. He slipped away because he knew their hearts. And he, he knew that, that any kind of authoritative, top-down um, uh, regime uh, to set up, like, you do it like I say or you're out actually creates rebellion it creates resurrection uh um not res- <laughs> but res- um resistance and um it creates um the idea that uh you create a something to fight against and and that's why um Jesus chose a different way it's why God chose a different way and the unity actually is is found in the fact that um, if you love God, you obey his commands. And the unity is found in that because the invitation is is that if you love God, remembering all the things that God did through Jesus, even before you were um, saved, even even while you were still a sinner, Everything that God did, remembering all of that, and, and that's what Paul basically says, that's what the gospel says, what Jesus says. It says, if you remember all the things that you were, all the things that you've been saved from, all the things that you've been um, freed, you found salvation and freedom, and because of that you love God, then because you love God, you'll obey his commands. And, because, and if you follow him, then you will be unified in purpose with those who want to follow Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean it'll all look the same. There are, there are types of worship and places that I feel comfortable in and other places I don't. And that's okay. Those people are not any less following God than I am just because they do things a little bit different. But, but, we have, but when you have authority that says, no, you have to listen to what I say, human authority, and then that authority becomes questions, you, what you see is you see denominations splinter and you see the church ununified you see disunity you see um because because when the human side of things tries to hold so hard onto things the system breaks down and and so um i don't know that i've come to any great conclusions about how to bring about unity um but i do think that uh for too many years, for too many approaches, we've just tried to use positional authority. 
we do this because the manager says so. We do this because the pastor says so. We do this because the, the, the leader of the organization says that's the way we're going to do that. Um, rather than relational authority or um, a relationship authority, which is that, which, which, what Jesus says. Like, Jesus is like, you follow me because you love me. And if you love me, then you obey my commands. Um, but it starts in the relationship. See, there is, you can, you can make enough rules. The Ten Commandments are rules that you can follow. And, and they're actually good for you. I mean, they, they would make for a better life if you follow them. Then you, your life would be better. But it doesn't really have anything to do with Jesus. Um, if you just follow them because you're like, well, those seem like good rules, then you don't have this relationship. But what Jesus is, is inviting is inviting us into this relationship where he says, hey, I know the best way to live. Come follow me. And, and, and you go, okay, well, Jesus, why should I follow you? And it says, because I loved you. Um, John 3.16, the most famous verse in the world, is God so loved the world. Because I loved you, come follow me. And and I think that um, the hard part of a relational unity authority is that you can just be rejected. Some people will just will just outright reject that. Well, I'm not going to follow Jesus. What has he ever done for me? Who is he? What what are you even talking about? And as people, um, we, we find rejection really hard to deal with. Um, and so we tend to um, drift back towards authoritarian, um, which is if you reject the leader, if you reject the, the things I say you should do, then there's consequences. Now, there are consequences when we don't follow what God has asked us to do what Jesus says we should do. There are consequences, but they're almost they're like self um, self fulfilling. Like you know what, if you don't if you don't love people, if you don't care for people, um, then your life is going to be so much less joy filled. It's going to be so much more shallow and not have meaningful relationships. Um, it but but it's not but it's not in the sense of like oh. Jesus is just sitting there going, oh, well, you didn't, you didn't follow the rules, so you're going to get your punishment. But that is a lot of the ways that we try to regulate behavior in school, in church, in our workplaces. Look, here's the rules. Follow them or you get in trouble. You can get fired. You can get detention. You can get um, kicked out of the church um, because you didn't follow the rules we set up. And, and, it, and I, don't, I think that can create a culture of uniformity. But the difference is, but but author, authoritarianism causes rebellion. It causes us to 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 push back against that. Um, and so we have to find a way. If you want to be an authority, great. But find a way to to rule with unity through relationship, uh, through relational things, through through asking people to be a part. Um, in because that is that that just seems to be the superior way of doing that. That's not the final word on that. Um, I'm still thinking through that. I'm still rambling through as I think about how do we bring about unity. But but I think that um, 
yeah, I think that's where I land is that the, the, the struggle with a top-down um, authority trying to create unity is that in, in general they create uniformity and, and rules and a culture that, that enforces those rules but has no real relationship. And if, if, if ever the authority is wrong or if something doesn't go like they say it should go, then that authority loses its reasoning and people have a reason not to follow it. And, and I think that um, that's why it's so hard in, the, in, the, in these past, few, past 30 years, what we've seen is the rise of the authoritarian pastor, uh, the authoritarian politician, um, and um, the results of that. Um, things being covered up, uh, people looking the other way when, when pastors do things, when they, pe- when they treat other pastors poorly, um, pastors refusing to admit that they, are, uh, that they have mistakes or that they're sinful, that they um, need Jesus just as much as we do, uh, because that would damage their authority, and their authority is uh, a very, um, uh, is very, you do what I say, um, and, and I don't, th- and I think that is the danger, because in the end, it's like being the king of Israel, of Israel. You may be the king of Israel, but God is God is the real authority. And so, how do you live in that? That's a that's it's such a it's such a hard stretch to live in, because you are the king, but God is in charge. You are the king, but God is the one who's worshipped, and He is the one who gets the glory. And so, so that's that's the question. Maybe we'll talk about it again a little bit more next week too. Maybe I'll jump to another discussion. But the idea is, how do we create a society that needs authority, but also needs unity? And how do we do that at well as a church? How do we do that well at our jobs? How do we do that well if we're in charge of people? Um, may we look to Jesus, and may he give us insight into how we can do the things the, the way he would want us to do them. Have a blessed weekend.